Hey everyone, this is Jamie Jo Wright with Mad Lit Musings, and I'm sure we're going to have a very uninteresting and boring conversation today as we have Jessica on <laughs> patch with us. <laughs> uh, Jess, so I know who you are, obviously, and you know I'm like a rabid fan and all excited about this next book that you've got coming out, but tell our readers just a little bit about you and who you are if they haven't you know, heard you on the podcast before or read your books. Okay, sure. Well, I'm Jessica Patch and I live in the Memphis area and I write love-inspired suspense and I also write psychological thrillers for their new-ish love-inspired trade imprint. So serial killers are kind of my jam. So they're going to be a lot darker, more disturbed minds kinds of reads. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing just because I just get so excited and it's so wrong. <laughs> I guess I would say if somebody was going to be like wondering how dark and disturbed, I would say if you were able to get through all 15 seasons of Criminal Minds, you're good to go with the Jessica Patch book. Oh, for sure. Or if you yeah. can even read as if you even watch SVU, I think. Yeah. You're pretty pretty good to to go and if you can yeah. read the bible you're good to go well you know that's just it people underestimate how violent the bible is it's yeah just read the book of judges oh yeah you get lots of it's stories tough. there it's <laughs> tough but if you but you know i just figure if you can read that and you know the lord doesn't sanitize people he works through broken right. people and broken lives then um i'm not gonna sanitize it either <laughs> no don't sanitize it <laughs> Well, this book is called A Cry in the Dark, and it is set in the South. Yes, Kentucky, in a holler. I was going to say specifically in a holler. So uh -huh. first of all, explain to those of us who are not from Kentucky, what mm. is a holler? Okay, a holler. Well, I'm not from Kentucky either. But a holler, <laughs> when you're driving through, there's these little branches, these little roads, and there, there's not road signs once you get up in there. There's just one. You go up into it. It takes you up into the mountain. It's one way in. Uh, one person on the road at a time. So if two people are coming, it's a nightmare. There's, um, so you go up in there and it's just these unincorporated places um, where people live, usually not always, but uh, many times people in hollers are, um, there's some poverty level there, but not always, not everyone. Mm -hmm. We're not going to stereotype um, every holler, but um, these people just live up in these, in these hills and they just kind of have their little own way of, of doing things. They're quite interesting. And if you are interested in looking at hollers or um, history about hollers, Shane Simmons with uh, Hillbilly Talk with Shane and Melody, uh, they have a Facebook page and a YouTube channel. And I reached out to him when I was writing this. Okay. And he was so nice. He gave me so much good information. And it's just really interesting to to see. They're everywhere, Kentucky, Virginia. And he was he was awesome. But I encourage everybody to just check it out because it's really neat. That's cool. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Um, and so the general premise is they find a dead body in the holler. Yeah, they I find mean, three women. It. Yeah, three women have been really brutalized and murdered and left in a cave back up in the holler. And so the strange crimes unit has come in because there are some strange markings on their forehead and um, they're going to try to figure out what all that's about and who's doing it and why. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, and, dun. And that's all we can tell you because anything else is going to be a complete and utter spoiler. So thanks for joining uh, us today. You know. <laughs> 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 it is hard sometimes to talk about suspense novels because you feel like anything you ask is asking for a spoiler. Like, what else can I ask you now at this point? 
Mm, Right. Think about it. Yeah. But I know. Okay. So basically we have women who are being targeted by a serial killer. And what you got with the strange crimes unit is a group of um, investigators Mm -hmm. fulfilling different roles. Right. But they, Mm -hmm. they were Mm -hmm. in one of your previous novels. Yeah. Which was titled her darkest secret, her darkest secret. That's right. And so this is the continuation of that, but it's a standalone and it's with Violet. Yeah. Yeah. This story, the first one in her darkest secret sets up this um, strange crimes unit, which is a fictional, a fictional FBI unit that falls under violent crimes. And they primarily investigate murders that have religious ritualistic undertones, not always, but primarily. And then you're introduced to Violet in the first book and she has some, there's some mystery there to her Mm -hmm. and some unanswered questions about her. And so this story picks up, it's her story and she's trying to work her own case, her own past case, um, how she was fathered and um, finding this father and then also trying to work the case of these women who've been brutalized and they all go into the holler, but we're mostly going to look at at Violet and John Orlando, who is a detective with the missing persons department in Memphis. And he's there because this case might connect to his late wife's murder when she was there undercover. So you were introduced to John Orlando in her darkest secret for just a minute. Mm-hmm. And so we're primarily looking at these two. So there is a light romance in it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. And it's always fun to have the light romance to offset yeah. the, the brutality of murder. Absolutely. And, you know, the creepy serial killer element which is so fun <laughs> so okay so when you get into a book like this you know you're you're talking about a serial killer who essentially stalks women and i know i can ask you this question because you're not going to shy away from it what motivates and i shouldn't even say what motivates but what causes a person to snap or or do something like this this type of crime because i know you've had to research that what makes a person do this? Um, well, with the blind eye killer, and you're right, because I'm like, how do I say this without getting spoilers? And but yeah, and that, right. Um, okay, so for him, I, I do show you in his point of view what shaped him. And his his mother was absolutely twisted. He, she was mm-hmm. abusive, mm-hmm. very abusive. And you will see that very quickly when you get into the book. So you'll okay. see what kind of shaped him to become who he is or targeting the particular women that he's he's targeting which I don't want to get into necessarily because right. of twists and and things in the book. Um and then there are some other things going on, but I make sure that it's hard to say, you're right, hard to say, but in the book I will explain everything that's going on and what shaped um the people that are perpetrating different crimes. Um okay. what shaped them to become who they are because I think it starts I mean, I, I, obviously you can't lump everybody into one big sum and say, okay, well, everybody was abused because you have right. people who do heinous crimes and their parents are come from good Christian homes. They're just right. shocked that these things right. happen. So you can't really lump them in. But in this particular case, it was, um, it was a lot of heavy abuse and twisted ideas of, um, of sex and what the Bible says about mm-hmm. that. And mm-hmm. so- 
And so there, there is that, but I do just want to make a note yeah. that there's nothing graphic as far as sexual assault on the page. Right. I know that can be a trigger yeah. and um, for some, but there's nothing, I'm not going to cross that kind of line. Um, so there's nothing graphic on the page. So I think mm-hmm. you'd be okay with that. And I'm right. not saying that he's even sexually assaulting them. There's, there's twists right. in there. So it may right. seem like that, but that doesn't mean that that's actually what's happening. Well, and often that's part of the investigation, whether or not it becomes... Right what actually happens to a victim, but no, and it is good for that. You're, you're putting that out there. Um, cause I, that can be a trigger for a lot of different people. Right. Um, and you, you do handle the violence tactfully. I will say that as somebody who's read the book, um, and read the prior book, it's, it's handled tactfully where the violence is not delicious. It's the mystery and the suspense right. Absolutely. That, that I always say delicious too. I don't applaud the violence. By no, no. no, but we don't, we don't edit it out at all. Right. We, we make sure that it's there tastefully, mm-hmm. like you say. Tastefully. There, yeah. it's dark, it's gritty, it's real, it's not going away. Mm-hmm. But what is God doing um, in the midst of yeah. the darkness and amidst yeah. the crime? What is He doing in the lives of broken people? And how is He redeeming them and rescuing them from these dark places? Yeah. And so I think that if we, if I, if it wasn't a dark story, then, you know, I mean, yeah, they need to be told. And I like telling them. So. <laughs> Well, and it's true. It's true. You know, it's interesting too, because you were talking about the the mother and the influence of the mother. I was reading a book um, that was written about um, um, Bundy, Ted Bundy. And um, I felt a little bit guilty partway through the book because I found myself almost empathizing with Ted mm-hmm. and feeling sorry for him, which is such an oxymoron and such a juxtaposition of why mm-hmm. would you feel sorry for the serial killer? But when you study his yeah. upbringing and the things that influenced him as a child, um, you realize that with some of these depraved minds, they've almost been groomed and trained to yeah. react in this sort of way. And it's kind of scary how much it power is it is that other people wield in our lives. Yeah. And I felt sorry I felt when I was writing the villain's character, I just, you know, I felt really broken for him because mm-hmm. of what he endured and what he was actually enduring as an adult. I mean, you'll read that within the first chapter. Um, right, right. I, I did. I was like, I feel so bad for him. But also you are murdering these women and what you're doing to them is so brutal mm-hmm. And so you, it's this fine line. Now there are some villains I never feel sorry for. I'm like, you know what? You're right. going to get yours. But when you see what they were as children and how they were so abused and broken and mm-hmm. just assaulted in so many ways, you grieve the child. You know, you grieve That's the child. That's a good you way of putting it. You don't yes. grieve the man because the man still gets to yes. make his own choices, but you grieve the child. You do. You do. And it's a stealing of innocence. Yes. You know, like a child should not go through those circumstances that harden them or desensitize them in such a way. And it's just crazy. Um, you know, and, and that's one of the things too, when you look at psychology and you look at how people are raised so often, the fathers get the bad rap for not being there or not being involved or being hard or not showing their children love. And we hear less about the mother's power over Mm. their children. Um, and I don't know if that's something you can speak to without any spoilers either, but, but how do you, how do you balance power as a mother? Yeah, this book really does explore womanhood 
and it explores um, different kinds of women and the power that they wield with those who trust them. And sometimes it's positive and sometimes it's negative. And when it's positive, you see the healthy, strong, good choices. And when it's pos- and when it's negative, you're going to begin to see how it spirals out of control. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different women in this book. And the people that they influence and therefore the choices that they make. So I think it's really important, just like in the Bible, when you think about the the king's mothers who influenced them to walk in the ways of the Lord, they did. And you see a lot of women and the influence they have, just Sarah alone, the influence she had on her husband to take Hagar, and they took matters into their own hands, and it was negative. And then you see those who are positive influences. So women have a lot of influence over the men in their lives and and their children. And I think we have to be sober about that and make sure as women and mothers and friends and, you know, even spiritual mothers to to people in church to be very, um, very wise with how we influence and what we say. Yeah. And I found it interesting, too, where you've got, um, you know, even society today where women are trying so hard to be strong and independent. And um, I think, I don't know, maybe it's my own personal soapbox, but not losing that element of nurturing and femininity that is unique to womanhood. Yes, yes. That impacts especially a son and his image of what a woman can be versus what they could be that's harmful. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's awesome. I'm glad you're exploring that in this book. Yeah. Because I think that's an important topic, but- so rescue, rescue, rescue. Does anybody live at the end of the <laughs> book? I mean, Do they? are we all dead? Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of death, but there's a whole lot of life. And um, Violet is not a Christian. I don't always write about Christian characters, mm-hmm. but it is a redemption story. Okay. And in fact, all this series turned out to be a redemption story. I didn't plan that. It's just who they were. And so she's going to have to go into dark places and recognize that she is in a dark place and that mm-hmm. she cannot rescue herself. Mm-hmm. And so she's going to have to discover that if she wants to truly be rescued from herself, she cannot do it herself. Yeah. Yeah. That's a hard one too, because we want to be able to rescue ourselves. Yeah, we surely do. And we try everything we possibly we can. do. <laughs> so I'm, I'm guessing that brings in the thread of faith then into your book with the Absolutely. concept of rescue and not being able to rescue ourselves. And how does, how do you, how do you write Christian crime? You know, <laughs> I know readers want to know, how do you, how do you do that where you incorporate faith into a, a story of brutality? Oh, I think that we see, I think we see faith in all the stories of brutality in the Bible. I think they're all there. Um, this particular story came from my Bible study time about um, groping in darkness, that they were groping in darkness. And I thought, you know what, what if we took someone literally blinded and groping in darkness, and then we mm. mirrored it with a spiritual picture of what it looks like to, to grope in darkness and be spiritually blind. So Violet's spiritually blind, but these women are being blinded and left in caves because mm. of this groping in darkness. 
And I think it just comes naturally. I don't know that I could teach that or explain it. It just right. naturally comes as the story progresses, as she slowly goes from not needing anyone to just slowly recognizing something's wrong, something mm-hmm. that I'm doing, it isn't working and I need help. I need rescued. And then I put her in a position where she's literally trapped. And mm-hmm. so I just kind of try to take realistic things and mirror a spiritual thing. So that's yeah. how I do it. Yeah. I love that too, because, you know, unfortunately life is almost a spiritual allegory. Everything that we do yeah. seems to reflect and, and point back to the Lord and what we make of it in that situation. So agree. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So if readers want to find out more about you, want to read more of your books, because you have quite a backlist of books that they can find, where where do they find this stuff out about you? You can visit my website at jessicarpatch.com. And if you're not into the super gritty or darker stories, then you would definitely enjoy the love inspired suspense. They're what I call just a little bit safer. It's a lot of crime, but it's not quite as um, graphic or as violent, but Mm -hmm. still um, suspenseful. And so I have about almost 20 of those. Oh, wow. Um, And then the two trades and um, two contracted for two more trades. So one will be an SCU and then one will be uh, a standalone coming in 2025. So Wow. So we're going to be seeing a lot more of you in the future. I hope so. If they keep giving me contracts, I'll keep writing stories. (laughs) Keep writing the stories. And there's nothing better to me than having crime stories that have elements of faith um, that, that make the crimes more palatable I'm losing this really I think fast that's, no 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 I think that's true I think that we can handle the crimes if we know that if we can trust an author to um bring redeeming qualities yeah and, and end on a hopeful note uh right. and not just depressed um it's it's funny when people say what do you write and you're like well I write inspirational dark psychological thrillers and they're like what does that even mean it's, <laughs> it's an like, oxymoron it's all of the dark gritty things that you would get in a thriller right. the creep factor and all the things but you get the inspiration and the hope of Jesus Christ in the end and for Christians I would say it's not preachy right. uh, for unbelievers right. I think anything probably about Jesus would feel preachy <laughs> well you know a little bit can go a long way though. So yes, it can. <laughs> and so um, anytime you can get some hope at the end of a story, I think that you've read a good yeah. book. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thanks for being on the podcast today. Thank and you for having me. Everybody rush out and get the book. It's going to be a good one. It's called A Cry in the Dark, right? Did I get that right? right? I got That's it right. right. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Go out and snag that. It's got a beautiful purple cover. And um, I think you'll become a Jessica Patch fan real fast. 